Welcome to the Clothing Room Podcast. Clothing Room has a mission to be the global technology platform for luxury fashion. On this podcast, you'll be connecting with emergent designers and influencers all around the world. Follow us on Instagram at clothingroom.mtl for fashion tips and to be notified when a new podcast goes live. Feel free to check out our website at clothingroom.ca for blogs and designer interviews. We hope you enjoy the podcast and thank you for listening. Yo, yo. What's up? How we doing? Good. Isa, unfortunately, could not join us today. He's doing some like programming thing. So it's just going to be me and you. No worries. How do I pronounce your name? Jaya. 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 It's great to meet you. Thank you so much for having me. We're really excited to have you on. Yeah, I love what you guys are doing and, you know, spreading the the wealth of knowledge. about you know small brands and sustainability um and you guys are basically about the same thing yeah 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 100 we're um you know we're a small brand just trying to make strides and stay true to who we are and just you know do things we believe in and uh you know try to cultivate that community um it's uh it's definitely a challenge on Instagram sometimes. Like sometimes I wish uh, we had a storefront that everybody could just come and hang out at, but um, it's just the world we're living in and, and COVID really like exaggerated Instagram and yes. social media. And I think in a good way, to be honest. Exactly. I mean, that's where we came up out of clothing room because we were like, you right. know, this is the best time to jump on this and, you know, get into this stuff because everyone is on Instagram all the time. You don't have anything else to do when you're at home, right? Yep. All right, I'm gonna get right into this. Let's so do it. The, the big question: How did you get into fashion? Yeah, so uh, growing up, I was always, um, you know, sort of fashion forward, without sort of knowing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never, you know, pinpointed that part about me. I was, you know, whether it was going school shopping or you know, shopping for a suit when I was younger, I was always super picky and. I never thought anything of it. Um, and then my mom like called me out and like, you're like, why are you so picky about the clothes you wear? I'm like, I just don't know. I just know how I want to look. Yes. Right. And, you know, as a kid trying to flush out that vision for yourself is so difficult. Of course. You know, cause when you're just not aware of it. So as I got older, I started to, you know, tap into that more. Uh, and then I went off to school where, I was always into sports, so I just studied exercise science because I just like, I like sports. Uh, why not, you know, pursue a career in sports? Yes, because yes, uh, I. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't. I considered it too. I almost fell for that too. I almost did. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, as, it's a, fun. as an eighteen-year-old kid, you just, what do you yeah. like, and that's what you're gonna do. You don't, because that's what our generation is about. Yeah. We want to pursue our passions. We want to do yeah. what we what we love. Mm-hmm. Um, but you ask an 18 year old kid to say, Hey, pick your major. What are they going to pick? It's going to, it's not going to be, I'm not going to pick engineering or, you know, stuff like that. I just, I just chose sports and the closest thing to it. I was like, I want to be a gym teacher. <laughs> right. Yeah. I just want to come here and, and teach kids sports. Yeah. No, I feel you on that for sure. Yeah. So, so that, that just like, I was, you know, um, it goes along that philosophy of, you know, doing what you love pursuing your passions. Um, But what I came to soon realize, like sports is more of a hobby for me, right? 
So one, uh, as I was going through school, I was like, you know, it'd be really cool to design sports jerseys. And uh, I just like really became super obsessed with that. Like, oh, it would be so cool to design. And this was at the time when Nike just got the contract for the NFL. So they're coming out with all these fun jerseys. And I was like, wow, I'd love to be a part of that. So I went to my college professor and I said, hey, like, what sort of classes should I be taking if I want to do this? And they're like, well, you're in the wrong, uh, you're in the wrong school. So <laughs> the next day I just transferred to uh, um, textiles, merchandising and design at my university. Wow. And um, yeah, I woke up and just started doing something different. Um, so that that's where the journey started was because I wanted to do sports jerseys. And then, you know, as I just educated myself about the industry, uh, it soon became so much more. We could see that for sure. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like jerseys. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. So that's where it started. All right. So so what pushed you to, I guess, like coming from that, from creating jerseys, what kind of pushed you to say, okay, I'm going to create my own brand? Right, right. So uh, getting into the industry, you know, there was so much that I just didn't even know. I didn't know the possibilities of, you know, I didn't know the, the breadth of the clothing industry. So I just started to do my research. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I was, I, I loved Pinterest at the time. I was making so many mood boards of a lot of vintage, um, a lot of vintage clothes and a lot of, I had just like this mood board of vintage sports and athletes, yeah. whether it was on the field or off the field. Uh, Muhammad Ali made many appearances, Joe Namath, like these OG sports athletes who, who love fashion. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, um, you know, Pinterest just recommends things. So I just started, yeah. I started dipping into like vintage golf. And then that brought me to vintage Ralph. And then once I saw vintage Ralph, I was like, holy shit, like, yeah, because that stuff's very like within golf, you know, like, that's, right. That's, that's golf clothing. And I, I definitely, I respect that. Stuff. It's really nice. Yeah, yeah, that vintage Americana. And I was like, yeah. whoa, this that just intrigued that intrigued me it was like seeing the tip of the iceberg and from there i just was like i'm going i'm going all the way down this iceberg and i'm gonna see what else there is dive into the ocean <laughs> yeah and that's what happened and vintage ralph uh just got me so involved in that world of americana mm -hmm. of, of denim so that's where my love of denim came and uh, from there, it was just off to the races, really. Wow. All right. Yeah. So we did touch on Instagram being a little more difficult when like, we got a storefront and stuff. So what are some of the issues that you came across um, when you were sourcing materials or, you know, producing for the brand or just like making the brand as a whole? Right. Yeah. Being a small brand is such a luxury but it's such a challenge at the same time. And, and why I say it's a luxury is because I get to do whatever I want. I call the shots. Uh, my, you know, my fate is in my control. Mm -hmm. And if something's not working, I'm able to pivot super quick. Yeah, exactly. Right, like I could make really split second decisions uh, to persevere or pivot. Um, and that's just what entrepreneurship is about, essentially. Yeah. Um, 
So if I had an idea, I'm able to execute it fairly quickly as, as opposed to a corporation who's working, you know, seasons ahead because they have those resources, um, which is a, which is a luxury on their side, but a challenge on our side. Right. And so the, the challenge is being the purchasing power. So when I started making product, I was very concerned about the quality of the fabric. Of course. And that being, um, I wanted it to be organic or, you know, some sort of eco-friendly um, aspect and finding that, uh, back, finding that back in like 2018, 2017 was so challenging and it's still super challenging today because it's just, it's just not mainstream. I can't even imagine back in 2018, like obviously that's when I started hearing about sustainability, but that was like something as simple as like h&m and their conscious clothing it was like yeah we have like a line of conscious stuff it wasn't like we have like you know brands that are finding access to materials that are you know ethically produced and stuff overall so i definitely understand that that coming from then to now like even though we've come a long way we still don't have that the sustainability yet fully so right yeah it's it's not mainstream and and um, a lot of farmers haven't adapted it um mm -hmm oil is still super cheap to produce synthetics. Um, so back, yeah, back then, like we were, we were sort of ahead of our time with, with yeah. this uh, aspect of our brand, mm -hmm. um, but it posed a huge challenge for us. So it really, we had a lot of um, obstacles to overcome. Yeah. So we really had to fine tune our vision and make sacrifices when we were designing product. Uh, so, um to to give you an example like our our jeans were the first product that we made we started out with a hemp and organic cotton denim mm -hmm. um and at the time you know when we were developing this product we got sample yardage so we got like 20 yards of fabric just to experiment with right and then we went we're like okay we're ready to produce these you go back to the supplier and say hey like we need 100 yards of this and they're like well uh you know we're out on this fabric. Um, if you want it, you need to order 500 yards. And I was like, well, shit, man, like, I don't need 500 yards. Like, I just need, you know, this amount. I, yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, like, here, here we go. Like, we're in it. So, um, uh, sorry. Did you get the 500? No. So we, we, we pivoted and instead of using hemp denim, we used organic cotton, which we, we were able to get a lower quantity. Hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, it served as well because it was a bit higher quality fabric. Um, okay. And it still stayed true to that eco-friendliness. Um, so that's just one of the challenges of, you know, owning, having a small brand and, and, and uh, you know, picking battles that you want to win. Yes, for sure. I mean, that's, that's something that I'm seeing now with clothing room because we're trying to do, you know, some, some little stuff and get things done. And there is a lot of fitting too. There's a lot of like, okay, today we're doing this and then tomorrow we find something out and then it's like, okay, we have to switch. And that is something that's a little easier for smaller brands, of course, but it's also like, it is, it does make running a smaller brand a little more difficult because then you do always have to be ready to, you know, go this way, that way, that way, you know? So. Absolutely. Yeah. You, yeah. You need to be able to say no to things. Um, and you, and, and you need to be able to say no to things that you absolutely love. 
Yeah. Right. There's things in, in, in our most recent collection that we released back in March, there were pieces that I really wanted to get in there mm. and they didn't, they just, they didn't make the cut and it was just, um, to produce them wasn't feasible at the time. But again, those are the sack, like those are just learning opportunities, exactly. especially as a young designer, as a young, small brand, you know, trying these things out. Um, you're going to get punched, but like, punching back is is uh is is way more fun because you gotta you gotta take hits but you you could you could hit back way harder when the time um allows exactly yeah that's what i was just gonna say that like even though sometimes there may be things that prevent you from like going that full route right now the hope is that eventually you'll get to a point where you don't even need to second guess it you know you already have everything available to you to be able to make those things come through right so for sure yeah and that's just that's just learning about yourself yeah, you know, that's something I've been really trying to tap into, you know, um, learning about yourself, learning how you work best. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm still Rocky Clark. I love Rocky Clark. It's my baby. I've had it since 2015. Mm -hmm. um, I put so much time and energy into it. But now I've come to the point where I'm trying to learn how to work best within Rocky Clark. Yes. Right. Because um, just the way it's grown, the way I've grown, you know, that marriage and that relationship is uh you know taking a different course than i expected it to but like being nimble grow together but then it's like sometimes things it's growing this way you're going this way and you have to for exactly exactly yeah. and it's not that i'm growing apart that we're growing apart and i'm, I'm talking about like it's uh it's like a a, a, a human <laughs> being which it, is, it honestly is it um, is basically it's your baby yeah yeah, absolutely. And and so now I'm to the point where like I'm working on projects inside of Rocky Clark, I'm working on projects outside of Rocky Clark. But the reason being is because, you know, I'm spending a lot of time trying to master myself, master myself as a creative, master myself as a designer, master myself, you know, as a brand owner, an entrepreneur and master myself as, you know, Joseph Rotundo and, and those things um, are so crucial to do and, and COVID really allowed uh, myself to tap into those things. And I just, I encourage, you know, everybody's listening to, to, to do that for yourself because, um, it'll pay dividends day after day. For sure. Use the time wisely for sure. Yes. And I know that you're a golfer, so I'm sure <laughs> I'm to think. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I was, I'm a golfer too. I'm Are you? No way. I played golf in high school and my family plays golf. Wow, very jealous. Clubs, my brother makes custom clubs. I'll send you his account. Please do, yeah, DM me, yes. <laughs> yeah, um, my buddy Tim, I think he's he's on, he might be on or uh, um, I'm not sure, I'm waiting for him to comment. But um, last year I went to go visit, uh, I live in Brooklyn and <laughs> there he is. I live in Brooklyn, Tim lives up in Massachusetts and uh, we went to college together. Um, he invited, uh, I went up last year to go see him and he's like, Hey, like, let's go golfing. I'm like golfing. Like, we don't know how to golf. Who are we kidding? And, um, so we went out and it was, I was like, wow, this is it. Fun. It's so much fun because you know, it's, it's like you actually can have, and especially if you go out with someone who like, you know, like your friend, like someone who you can have fun with and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, and it's fun. for sure it's a social sport it's a yeah. what i love about it is i'm very competitive mm -hmm. um and i know that uh, there's people around me who aren't as competitive as me but golf is a sport where i could be very competitive myself 
Yeah. Um, so every time I just go out and compete with, with me and focus on my development. Exactly. Right. Um, and then on top of that, like the swagger in golf is just, uh, is profound. And we're seeing such a, I don't want to get off topic, but I could talk about golf all day. Um, <laughs> we're seeing, we're seeing a, we're seeing a point where we're, we're seeing that um, golf is becoming democratized. Uh, we're really tearing down the barriers of entry to golf. Um, which is really exciting to see. I know, and it's something that I'm 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 tapping into. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, talking what? about my pro- my projects outside of Rocky Clark, um, I'm I'm really I'm really exploring what I can do with golf. Yeah, I, that would be sick if you could like you know do do something within golf if you're good at it. You know what I mean? Like one thing I always loved about golf is that women golfers make almost the same like the same amount of money they get compensated the same they're treated the same like you see them like they that's like for me i'm thinking in my head like i want my kids to play golf now i don't want them to play hockey i want to get them into golf because you can actually like like you said entering that type of field or or getting into that it's a bit easier and if you commit if you have the brain for it and you know you know what you're doing it's a super sick sport for sure a hundred percent yeah I see some questions in the chat. Do you have do you have more questions or can I answer some in here? We can answer some in here and then if I, you know, we can get back to this because I did see two questions. I saw um, Isa asked, would you consider doing a sample sale for those pieces that you couldn't release? Yeah, so there are some pieces here and there that I'll drop on my personal Instagram, maybe like once or twice a year. Um, I, did a, I did a run of bags recently where I just have leftover fabric. Um, so I dropped those. Uh, I have some like archive pieces for Rocky Clark that I that I personally made as samples uh, that uh, I wear here and there. Mm-hmm. And they're not like they're not they're just they're merely samples and prototypes. Just me bullshitting around in my studio. Yeah. Uh, those pieces, um, I'm sort of getting to the point where where um um where I feel I could break up with them and pass them on to somebody. So uh, yeah, Isa, maybe maybe on my story I'll drop some pieces. Ooh, we gotta look forward to that. Yeah. Um, and someone said, "What was your budget for the brand, and how did you get the money for it since you were in college at the time?" That's a really good question. That's a great question, uh, and I'm gonna be super transparent because you know that's just that's just good. how it's, that's just how it's gonna be. Uh, yeah. So I started it in college, um, my senior year was like the first like inception of of like the first okay we're doing this okay um and i was i was just talking to one of my friends about it and he's like this is a really good idea and he gave me like 300 bucks now at the time of the college kid i'm like dude are you sure like 300 bucks like you sure you <laughs> want to do this and, and he's like yeah man like i believe in you like Aww. like let's do it and he gave me 300 dollars cash and i bought um a dozen t-shirts and I bought 50 patches. Mm-hmm. Um, so I bought hemp, hemp t-shirts um, and then these patches with our logo on it, I sewed them onto the t-shirts and I sold those to friends and family. And that $300 turned into $600. So I took all that money, reinvested it. And then the next time around I had patches left over. So I did hats and I put the patches on the hats. So I was just being super scrappy. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, 
that $600 became $1,000. And so I reinvested that. So it was just really that small investment of 300 bucks. I just, you know, bought stuff, wow. made it, flipped it, and then just kept reinvesting every single thing. Uh -huh. I never paid myself anything because I believe in, I believe in the brand. I believe in Rocky Clark more than I believe in myself. It's bigger than me. Um, so that's, that's where that started. And then, you know, post-graduation, uh, you know, Rocky Clark is, is, hundred percent um powered by me in terms of investment so like mm -hmm. i'm not spending money on clothes i'm not spending money on shoes i'm spending money on rocky clark i'm investing that shit um so if you have something to believe in like don't fucking spend your money on some bullshit spend yeah. it on things that you truly believe in that you know will um you know rocky clark hasn't like became super profitable just yet but i believe in it I, I love doing it. You know what I mean? I want to get to the point where I could just make shit and give it away for free because that's how much I love doing it. I just love making shit and I love sharing it with people. Yes. And that's just the fucking cold hard truth. Yes. Um, and we, the only funding I received was uh, we did a Kickstarter campaign for our jeans and we made a hundred pairs of jeans. Um, that was about one year ago, right before COVID hit. We launched these jeans and then COVID hit. And then, so now we have, we have um, jeans left over from that. Um, other than that, uh, it's just been super scrappy and um, just reinvesting. Yeah, but I think that's the best way to go about things. You obviously were using all available materials, putting your all into it. And that's where you see success from. I see like a lot of brands who are the same, like you can tell that the people, these small businesses, they're really putting their all into it and using as much of their time and effort and resources as possible to like make it happen. And like you were saying, like, obviously Rocky Clark isn't as big as it is going to be, but I can already see that potential in it. You know, like you can yeah, already- thank you. And like, I never had a conversation with you. I didn't even follow you before I looked at the brand and stuff. I was just looking at the brand and I was like, yeah, this is sick. You know, I can see <laughs> a passion problem, you know? So, I appreciate that, Jai. That means a lot. Thank that's you. True. Um, and there was another question about making the clothes. About do you do you make your clothes? Do you design the clothes on your own? Do you have like a team that helps you? What's the process with that? Yeah, for sure. So when it started, um, I was designing and making all of the clothes myself. Um, <clears throat> I was for the jeans. I did it all. I made the pattern. I cut and sewed the prototype. And then um, I passed that off uh, to a manufacturer in New York to mass produce the 100 pairs. Right. Um, you know, screen printers, I get screen printing done. Um, embroidery, I get that done. Um, now I have a team. I have an intern from, from my old university, which is awesome. So he helps me with the designs, but uh, the designing is all done in house. Like I come up with the ideas and, um, you know, me and my me and my intern OC, we we hash out the ideas through technical sketches, um, mm -hmm. tech packs, um, illustrations, and then we pass that off to a pattern maker. Yeah. Uh, to get that done. Um, but it, I I'm trained in making clothes. Uh, unfortunately, like right now, I've, I have I work a nine to five, and Rocky Clark's my side hustle. So right now, unfortunately, I don't have the time or honestly the space in a fucking one bedroom of New York apartment to to make all this stuff. But I, like a couple of years ago, I was making, I was on my kitchen floor 
sketching things out on big paper, cutting the fabric myself. Like you should have seen it. Like I'm, I'm six, three and I'm, I'm, I'm on my kitchen floor and I can touch both sides of my wall. Oh and, my. uh, it was, it was a spectacle, but, <laughs> um, yeah, we, I've gotten to the point where I have a team around me and I have manufacturers in place, um, to, to bring the product and the experience to the next level. Mm. Someone said, um, would you ever post those initial designs on social? You know what? I, 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 uh, I don't, but I really should. Um, should. Yeah. I, I showed this girl who just commented each XX. I showed her your profile and she was like, wow, I actually really like how his profile's laid out. Like it shows personality it shows like, so I think you could post that on your per personal, you could post it on Rocky Clark. Like, I feel like that'd be a nice little touch, you know? Yeah. Thank you. That I appreciate that feedback. Sometimes like, um, uh, part of me has gotten really fed up with Instagram. Like, I hate like the the outfit pictures. Those get the best engagement. Yeah. But there's such a pain to to do sometimes. Like, I don't really have a big wardrobe, and and uh, I hate getting my picture taken sometimes. But you make um, it make it work. Yeah, yeah, I try to make it work. But I, to <laughs> to have that to have that opportunity to you know post different stuff and like sketches and stuff like that. I'm not the best sketcher. Yeah. Um, but like when I, when I do it over and over, um, I get into a flow, um, but I really like that idea and maybe this week I'll post something because that's just a great way to get feedback and keep you guys engaged with, um, you know, behind, behind the scenes of the brand. No, you have a brand that designs cool stuff and people just love, they love seeing that, that rawness, you know, that process. Yeah, for sure. Thank you want to start small brands I feel like it's like inspirational so yeah no that's true and I just want to inspire people at the end of the day I just want people to go chase their dreams mm -hmm. as frustrating and as difficult as it is it's the most fulfilling thing you could do as yeah. a human and it doesn't even need to be starting a brand right like I was so upset when I first started and sometimes I find myself that like this like I'm so obsessed with making it this fucking huge brand and this huge business um, but now I've just sort of reserved myself to the fact that, like, this is such a creative outlet for me and I love sharing this and it, what, it's what brings me the most joy. Yes. So I urge other people, like whatever it is, like just fucking do it. Even if you don't show anybody, like just getting out those dreams are, are, it's, it, it's such an impactful, um, you know, exercise to go through for your own mental health. Yes. And that's what I tell people all the time, because I came from like thinking that I was going to go into a nine to, nine to five job and, you know, just make that basic income. But I knew I was a creative. And so now I always tell people, like, don't settle for that nine to five. If that's for you, that's for you. And that's great. You know, if you can do that, that's great. But if you know you're a creative person, don't settle for that. Don't settle for that, that, you know, that one track, you know, go and do your thing, explore your creative side and see what you can do with it. If you put your mind to it if you follow what Joe did and you, you know, you use all the resources and you do put yourself into it, then you can do it. You can make something out of it. And you don't even need to really show a lot of people. It's just like, you know, that you have that there to say, I did it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, um, when you look back at your life, what is it, what's going to stand out to you? Is it going to be the things that you wish you did? Or is it, is it going to be the things that you did and you could be proud of that? Exactly yeah gonna be it's gonna be the when you make when you release those pictures on your social media it's gonna be that you did that you're like ah 
I am. Yeah. <laughs> I inspired some people that day. <laughs> um, what does this say? Issa said, to be honest, for me, Rockley Clark's process is more inspirational than the products. Don't get me wrong, the pieces are dope, but the story behind the brand and Joe's excitement about it is what sells me on it. Same. Yeah, and there's Rob. Rob is a is a huge piece to the Rocky Clark uh, train. Um, Issa, I appreciate that. It's yeah, Rocky Clark um, is such a vehicle for you know my story and for me to tell my story and for me not even tell my story for it's for me to like um, explain what I see and it's my version of clothing and it's my experiences like this hat my uncle gave this to me he fought he he fought in um the gulf war he flew for the u.s navy um and you know there's so much war references or you know military references in my clothing that's because i have super deep roots familial uh roots in the u.s military so i love paying homage to that i love vintage um you know workwear um and i would just like the lifeguard hoodie like that was my summer uniform in high school i wore that every single day and i just thought it was so dope like just the clean design of it and um it just gives off summer vibes and i wanted you know that's my summer t-shirt mm-hmm. you know what i mean that's my version of a summer t-shirt this is my version of like i think this is the perfect hat yeah and so i just wanted to you know recreate it and and put it through the lens of rocky park mm-hmm. and uh you know share that that vision with the world yes it's just like how you were talking about before how when you were a kid and you know you were picky with what you like like you liked specific things obviously that's still the case and it's nice that you have like an outlet for you to express that you know for you to yeah be- is exactly what I like. I like these specific things. And here is, you know, I'm making it available to other people if they like it too, you know? Yeah, I appreciate that, Jaya. It's, uh, I wouldn't call myself a perfectionist. Um, but you like what you like. I like what I like. And I, I, you know, uh, good taste will take you such a long way, um, in design and storytelling. Um, Every single piece of clothing uh, I put out via Rocky Clark, I wear. I wear every single piece. There's not a piece that I don't, unless I, unless I, you know, um, make women's jeans. It's the <laughs> only thing I probably won't be able to wear. Um, but every single piece is a reinterpretation of my wardrobe because that piece in my closet just wasn't good enough. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was good enough because I've had it for fucking years, but. Uh, to to take it recreate it and you know wear it again Mm -hmm. um and i forget who asked the question but someone asked like how did i like where did the money come from Mm -hmm. the money came from me not fucking buying clothes the working thing because like i was like holy like i could fucking make this myself like i I really like the denim jacket was like one of the first pieces i got i've actually never had a denim jacket before um believe it or not i was like i really want a denim jacket He's like, you know what, I'm going to make it and I'm going to make it how I want it to be. Uh, and uh, that's what we arrived at. So, um, yeah, every piece is worn and tested and approved uh, by myself because I'm not going to put out shit that I don't believe in. I'm not going to put out shit that um, will just make a buck because that's not what it's about for me. Facts. I support that for sure. <laughs> uh, so, okay, I'm going to ask you what 
we have a question here about what was the process been or how has the process been creating during the pandemic? And I specifically want to know a little more about, we did something with uh, Matthew, with Matthew Sutton, with the jeans. With who? Don we, Green? Don, Don Green, right. You did it with Don Green. Don, Don Green, yeah. Yes. Um, yes. So I'll start at the beginning. So like I said earlier, it was just bad timing. Mm -hmm. um, it was just unfortunate circumstances with the jeans. Uh, we released them in February, very late February. Mm -hmm. Week later, you know, the world goes into lockdown. Um, yeah. Nobody's wearing jeans at home. Mm -hmm. um, so we had a choice to, you know, be upset and frustrated or to pivot. And, um, you know, luckily, um, you know, my, I have a skill and that's sewing. I know how to sew. So I was like, you know what? I, I got to make masks. So I was making masks. I was making masks all day long. I was staying up till fucking midnight, just sewing. Me and my girlfriend were, were, were making masks, packing them up, sending them out to people. Um, and we made, you know, almost 500 masks. Wow. Um, and that was just such a blessing to be able to, you know, pivot and, you know, serve people with something they absolutely needed. Oh. Um, we didn't charge, we only charged shipping um, and we donated all the money. Um, I know you donate a lot. I know you, you definitely, yeah. I 3% of Black Yeah, 3% of every sale um, is donated to charity and those charities rotate to what we're feeling at the time. Um, yeah you know, a story comes up that, that really speaks to us. Well, that's what we'll, we'll donate to. So we donated, um, the masks went to New York nurses. And then later on in the year, we did a black lives matter where we donated all the, uh, uh proceeds from a, a week long sale to the NAACP and the Brooklyn bail fund. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was just, you know, we capitalized on opportunities to grow our brand in a um, what I thought was an authentic way that, you know, served people more than it served us, which was the goal. Yeah. Um, and then we released bandanas, which was just sort of an, an iteration of the masks. So like um, we really wanted to serve a need because, you know, deep in my core, I didn't feel comfortable with uh, I, to be honest, I didn't really know what type of clothing to put out. Yes. Um, last year, because it was such a, you know, dynamic situation. And I'm not one for, uh, you know, making sweatpants. Yeah. Um, that, I, it doesn't seem like you would release loungewear. No, so. we're not. Yeah, we didn't. Um, we're seeing a whole bunch of brands pop up that just makes t shirts, hoodies and sweatpants. And that's fine. But that's just like, I can't really uh, comprehend that. Yeah. Um, so we just sort of take a backseat, um, made, you know, strategic moves. Um, and then we just sort of went into her and, uh, created the, um, the regen collection, which launched in March. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, we worked with a team. Rob is on the, uh, call. Um, he led the graphic design. We had an intern, Erin, who helped with a lot of the graphics, um, and the design. Um, she was an intern from University of Rhode Island. Um, and then my brother helped out a lot as well. So we pulled all this together and released that in March. So it was, you know, designing during COVID was a lot. It was a, um, you know, great communication um, via the team. Yeah. But then also reacting to the world and, you know, making very strategic choices to meet 
consumer needs. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, all throughout that time, pointing back to Don Green, uh, Don Green was really just like an Instagram friend I met through COVID. And, you know, we just started on Instagram, like just commenting on each other's photos. He became a huge follower of the brand. And then um, he got a pair of jeans and then bleached them. And then people were just like, were reaching out to me like, hey, like, where did he get these? And then people were reaching out to him like, hey, like, this is super dope. So I was like, dude, like, I'm getting like, calls from people saying where are these bleached jeans at so um we did a small we did a small round of those um and that was just super organic for both of us it just met it it pulled our audiences together um via one product so it was a cool story that's super sick someone is asking how do you think is the easiest way to get across to your target audience giving glory what's your real name put in the chat so i know who i'm speaking to um this is a loaded question and it's something that uh, you know, is really tough to answer in, in today's landscape. It's something that I'm continually batting. I'm trying to figure out myself. Um, but for me to answer that question, um, for myself, I invested in myself. I'm taking classes, um, about branding. I'm taking classes about digital media. Um, cause I don't know it all. You know, I, I studied clothing design. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to take a step back and, and re-strategize things so I can, you know, hit my target market because that's something I've been struggling with. Yeah. Um, it's, it's my, uh, the Rocky Aquatic brand is, is in the, is in this weird, you know, um, gray area of, um, you know, we're not really a streetwear brand. We're not really a denim brand. We're still trying to figure out ourselves mm-hmm. in a way. Um, and we're still trying to figure out who, you know, our target market is. Yeah. Um, but the best way is just, you know, telling your story, um, posting and using hashtags that you think will work and just testing that out, you know, analyzing the data saying, okay, this got to like, if you have a, if you have a business account, you could Instagram makes it easier to analyze the data. Like this got a lot of engagement. This got a lot of likes, comments, super shares. Um, so it's really there's classes you can take, but also it's really just fluid. You really got to read the room. Yes, read the room. That's what I was going to say that I think, I think also like chances are if you have a brand and you have an aesthetic to you, um, you will attract people who like that aesthetic. So it's kind of like yeah. good stuff. Um, you will attract people who you will attract your target audience, basically. It's just about, sure. like you said, the analytics and seeing what people engage with the most, what they like the most, and looking also at like if you see other brands that you like too, that they have like they have the the target audience that you want. Look at what they do too. I'm not saying yep. them, but look at the type of content they're doing or what they're doing because this is Instagram. You know what I mean? So people are all using each other's ideas. We're all bouncing off. Yeah. You know, I'll see one brand doing this one week and then the next day it's like the same thing from three other brands, you know, and no one's judging anyone for that. So, yeah, I think just read the room, pay attention to what's around you. Yep. Keep your friends close. Keep your enemies closer. Yes. <laughs> study, study your competitors. Yeah, it's the best thing you could do. It's yes. the best homework you could do. Thoughts on the future of retail and building better consumer experiences post-COVID? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's just all about community. Yes. Um, uh, it's just leaning into um, telling your story and hitting hitting people's hearts that that story speaks to. Again, finding your target 
target audience. Um, community building is something that I'm really trying to lean into and I'm really trying to study. Um, the future of retail is something that I think about quite often. And um, I think we're gonna go through a revolution, a retail revolution, which we have seen uh, pre-COVID with a lot of the digital brands, mm-hmm. you know, like Casper, Warby Parker, um, you know, the, the direct-to-consumer brands that um, really nailed it on uh, Instagram and, you know, the dot-coms, but translating that experience to a physical experience. And I think we saw it pre-COVID, but I think we're going to see it again post-COVID, and I think it'd be, it's going to be much different. Yeah. Um, I have ideas, like, down the road that I would like to execute for – for what a Rocky Clark retail store looks like. And it's not, it has nothing to do with clothing. Um, it's, it's, it's more about um, experience. And I think that's what we're going to see. Yes. I like that a lot. I think that is something that's definitely, I see that coming out a lot more since the pandemic, that there's a lot of people who have these goals to when they do open their stores, because they've built it so much online. They're thinking like, when I do open a physical store, I kind of want it to be more of a spot, you know, it's like, yeah, we have yeah. to come here and chill, you know, you can come here and like, you know, do your thing and, and engage with the community. And I think that that is where I think that's really going to take off after the pandemic that we're going to have a lot of those spots that it's going to be more about community than about, you know, like, look at all the stuff that we have to sell, you know, for sure. Yeah. And then we're seeing that with Kith and Amy and, um, yeah. you know, other brands making those community centers with the cafes. Um, and, and again, those digital brands brought their physical stores, very minimal, you know, they have one product. It's, it looks like an Apple store, essentially. Um, I don't know if that translates to clothing. Um, but I think Noah, Noah's, Noah's store in Soho is done really well. Um, but I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see another phase of it. Um, I'm not sure exactly what, but I think we're going to see it's, it's on the horizon. It's going to come, hopefully. Um, Issa's asking if you would consider making lifestyle or home goods. Yeah, definitely. I have many ideas. Um, I made a denim planter, uh, which I'm looking Ooh. at right now. Um, there's a little snake plant in it. Uh, we released those very small run because I just made them myself because I just uh, wanted to see if I could do it. Mm. Um, uh, in the past, we've done dog leashes, which is which which is one of my favorite products that we've done. Um, yeah, yes, I have so many plans uh, and so many dreams for the Rocky Clark brand. Um, and I, one of those is to definitely tap into home goods. Yes, that's for sure. Yeah. Ask you what your plans for the future are when it comes to yourself and Rocky Clark and any other, you know, fun things that you might be thinking about doing. What's what's in store? Yeah, for Rocky Clark, my ultimate goal is to have it be a farm to table clothing brand. Um, So what does that mean? It means for me, it's it's totally uh, vertically integrated, Mm -hmm. which means uh, we have a plot of land where we have a farm and we cultivate our own organic cotton and hemp. And then from there, you know, we harvest it, process it, and then we manufacture our own um, fabric mm-hmm. where we have, you know, weaving machines. And then we also have our own um, sewers and seamstresses on hand. Um, and then we make the clothes right there on, um, you know, in our facility. 
and that's like just Rocky Clark HQ. So that's really my big goal for the brand. Um, you know, whether it takes, you know, 20 years, whether it takes 50 years, I'm, that's just something I'm going to continue to strive towards because I really believe in it. Um, yes. so that's a big picture. Don said this man is a visionary. <laughs> I like West right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sort of. Yeah, he's trying to do the same thing. Um, yeah. This is something I've been dreaming of for like a decade now. Yeah. Um, I've, I wrote it down in, in a journal years ago. Um, so I hope to open it up one day and see like, holy oh, shit, this is it. Yeah. Like, down and now you're taking the steps to get there. Like, that's the best thing. I love hearing about that. That's why I love doing this podcast because I get to hear so much from people about, you know, things that they dreamt about and that they're making reality now. And it's so sick. Yeah, you got to really put the, piece, the, the, the pieces together. Um, well, I appreciate that, Issa. Let's fucking see. Like, I'll, I'll bet, man. Like, let's go. Um, for myself, I've Funny. really just tried to, like, lean into um, what makes me tick and how I could, you know, be the most efficient and be my best self. Um, so I've been really uh, investing in myself, whether it's classes, um, whether it's therapy, um, working out a lot. I've been journaling a lot, just trying to get good sleep, like just try to be super. I treat my body like a professional athlete because yeah. um, it's something I just take such joy and pride in. And that just translates to so much other, you know, it makes me work better. It just makes me a better me. Um, so I've been really just trying to master myself. Yes, health is um, health is one hundred percent wealth. It's more than wealth. It's it's uh, you know we have time, which is finite. We have money, which is infinite. But you know uh, we have there's short term um, finite supply, and then you know we have our health, which is you know a combination of the of, of the two. Exactly. Um, and other than that, like I've just really been trying to. I go through a lot of phases and I have a lot of hobbies, um, which people who know me know that about me. And one of those hobbies and phases right now is golf. I don't think it's a phase, but I love golf and I love um, training for it. I love doing it. And now I'm just trying to build a story around it. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> sorry. How old are you? I will be, I'm 26 going on 27. That's the age. That's the golf age. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's the golf age. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, um doesn't get any better. It just gets the you'll just fall into the hole from there. Yeah, yeah. To tell you the truth, like I'd love to retire soon. Um and uh just golf all the time. But yeah. uh we'll we'll see how that turns out. Um but yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to do what I love. And I'm like and whatever guides that, um there's a lot of different forces that the universe, I think, throws at me that I just try to, you know, go with the flow with. Um, I love golf. I love Formula One. Um, I love trading cards. Um, and I love, like, nice clothes. So I'll just stop there. Um, Sounds like we're broke. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's get around to golfing. Let's do it. Robbie asked, what do you want for your birthday? But, <laughs> um, Is that your yeah, Rob is Rob is um on, I don't know him. <laughs> he's a co-founder of Rocky Clark. He's ah. uh yeah, we're we've been friends since high school. Um it's actually his birthday today, so happy birthday to Rob. Oh, um birthday, Robbie, what do you want for your birthday? Everybody, yeah, we're Gemini brothers. Um oh. 
my favorite wash of denim would i love raw denim i'm just gonna say that right now leave it at that um arm wrestling i mean if you want to if you want to <laughs> you don't want you don't want the heat um for my birthday you know what i want is i just i i want uh just send me some ethereum and uh we'll just call it a day word it's like that if you know you know if you know you know but i'm just joking i don't need anything for my birthday all you need is a bit of support i guess east is a big east is a big arm wrestler he is oh my gosh the other day i was with him and this guy's trying to arm wrestle everyone yeah because he'll ask you to arm wrestle him a thousand is he a, is he a hustler this guy's ripped <laughs> that's okay what have i been reading oh i have a great book recommendation for all of you it's called the one thing i've been reading it for like a long time i i, I read books and sometimes i don't finish them and when if i do finish them it takes me a couple months um it's just the way to go the way it goes but it's called the one thing and I'm gonna just put it in here because um, I love self-help books, but it's by Gary Keller, I believe. Um, I've read so many self-help books, and you know, at the end of the day, they get very redundant. This one just really hit me, and I just thought it's it's super well done. It's very concise, and it's very um, easy to take action on. About I recommend that one thing. Yeah, it's diving into what is your one thing? And that's like, what is your life goal? But then also, like, what is one thing you can do today that will make everything else around you easier? Yeah. But then it all adds up. So like, what's your five-year goal? Okay, what can you do today to get one step closer to your five-year goal? What's your one-year goal? Okay, what can you do today to get closer to your one-year goal? One month, one week. Um, so it breaks down how to achieve what you want to do. But then also, you know, we're a culture of massive to-do lists, but like, let's rebrand that and make it a success list. Yes. Right? So like, you you can't have 10 things on your success list. You just need one or two things. That would just wipe out everything else on it because, you know, you're making things easier by doing one thing. Yes. That's a book I highly recommend. Um, exactly, it's the, the power of 1%, 1% every day, 1% gains. Yeah. Um, and then I'm also reading, um, endurance and that is a book by, um, uh, it's, it's a book about this guy named Shackleton mm -hmm. who led, he was attempting to lead the first Antarctic, uh, continent crossing on land. And this happened in the early 1900s. Um, and the boat got stuck in ice and he had to guide his crew to safety. Um, I was just thinking, that sounds a bit icy. Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> I love leadership. Um, I love learning about leadership. I love taking on leadership roles. Mm -hmm. um, and this book is just about the human will and about leadership. Um, I highly recommend that. I'll have to check that out. And it's another another thing about leader, it's called endurance. Endurance. Um, I'm probably gonna post it on Instagram soon. Word. I'm, I'm gonna probably post about it on Instagram soon. So, um, I'll be sure to send it to 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 those interested. I will keep a lookout for that. Yeah. 
Um, and another thing about leadership that I love is, is a show, Ted Lasso. Um, it's on Apple TV and it's with Jason Sudeikis. Um, love him. It's a funny show, but it's so much more than comedy. To me, it's one of the best shows out there about just like uh, teamwork and leadership and just genuine um, human relationships. So I highly recommend that as well if you're interested. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, definitely. Free Apple TV stuff, that Apple, whatever it is. I got that for Yeah. Show. I haven't watched it yet, so maybe that's- Same, I just put it on. I was like, wow, I guess I have Apple TV. I didn't really know, but- Let's check um, this out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, uh, it's very genuine. It's very feel good, very feel good show. I like that. I might have to check it out. All right. Do we have any more questions? Because I'm all out, but I'm having, we're having a great conversation. I'm having Yeah, if anybody has any questions, I appreciate everybody, you know, taking the time out of their day to, to join Jai and I. Yeah, um, see, thank you guys. It means a lot. There's people on here. I see some familiar names and I appreciate you all supporting me and, um, you know, showing up. I'm just scrolling through to see. Do we do custom jeans? We don't at this time, unfortunately. I hope so sometime in the future. That's it. All right. All right. We're finished here. But I'm really happy we had you on. And you seem like someone that I'm going to want to have back on here again. So maybe in a few months, we'll let you, you know, put some stuff out, develop a little bit more. And then we'll have you back on to see if you're still super down for golf. Right. <laughs> to see if I got better. Yeah, I'm, I appreciate you take you having me. And um, I would love to talk again and maybe get around to golf and we'll film it. All right. Yes. You have to come here or I'll come there. Do you live in, where do you live? New York? Well, I'm in Brooklyn. You're in Brooklyn. I'm okay. in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. So we're not that far away. We'll have to find a golf course in the middle ground. For sure. All right. Um, we'll do like, yeah. <laughs> we'll do a what? We'll do like, eight. we'll do nine holes. I'm thinking 18 and I'm like, uh, I might get tired. <laughs> I might get tired of watching you kill me. So <laughs> no, that's not true. I'm not like terribly good. I'm not that good. But I'm not that bad either but uh yeah no i think in the future sometime like i would love to have a charity golf open the rocky park open um so just be on the lookout for that as well for Issa, sure i join next time yes Issa, we missed you this time around for sure yeah we'll talk we'll talk soon we'll talk next time everybody enjoy their day yes um appreciate you joe thanks for coming on yeah thank you be safe be healthy all right see you around peace bye